Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We're going to jump into today's message in just a moment, but I just want to say thank you to everyone that calls Zoe home. Thank you to everyone that subscribes to our podcast, listens, and partners with us. It's the first Sunday of the month, and every first Sunday of the month, we just want to take a moment and thank everyone that faithfully gives, and in particular, faithfully ties to the church. It really is a sign of trust and faith and obedience to God's word. So thank you to everyone that is a tither and a giver. If you'd like to start your faith journey in the area of tithes and offerings, go to our website or text Zoe to 77977, Zoe to 77977, and it'll shoot you a link and you can begin your faith journey of giving there. But we're going to jump in to part three of 242. We've been studying a verse out of Acts 242, and today we are talking about breaking bread. So let's jump in to part three of 242. We've been just landing and studying and drawing out truths from this one passage because I believe that this one passage, if applied, could change the trajectory of your life. Remember, the Bible did not call us to be hearers of his word. I felt mad like Hulk Hogan when I did that, right? The way, like, (laughs) so dumb. Uh, God did not call us to be hearers of the word. He called us to be doers of the word. So I don't want to teach you a verse so you you can see here and be like, man, that's kind of cool. I want to teach you the Bible so you can apply it to your life. God's word is best used, applied. Knowledge will puff you up and make you feel smart, but love, which is obedience, trust, faith, love will build up your life. Love will edify your soul. I want you to apply the scriptures to your life. Acts 2.42, if you're new, just listen to these truths right here. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And they, the the group of of church folk, the the Zoe people, the the disciples, the, the Jesus people, they devoted themselves. I cannot encourage you enough to live a devoted life. Have some steadfastness. You're not gonna sway me. You're not gonna move me. If I face a hurricane, if I face a storm, just because others change or culture change or the climate change, I will not change. God has set his faith towards me. I'm gonna set my face towards him. God called me out of darkness. Now I'm going to, for the rest of my life, walk in the light. And they devoted themselves. A devoted life will equal or turn into an abundant life. Everybody wants fruitfulness. Ain't nobody want faithfulness. And they devoted themselves. I pray over your life, you're a devoted husband or a devoted wife. You're a devoted parent. You're devoted to the things of God. You're a devoted follower of Jesus. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, to scripture and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I'm very thankful that in this scripture, we see food. Could you imagine how boring it'd be like? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and prayer. prayer, prayer. Thank God we got some food in this thing. The Christian way is an eating way. 
to be a believer is to be someone that consumes calories. Can I get an amen in the church? They devoted themselves to reading the Bible, praying a bunch, and eating a ton. I want to preach a message right down the title. It's called Break Some Bread, Build Your Future. Just want to encourage you around the subject of food today. By the time you leave this service, I don't know if you'll be hungry for Jesus, but you're going to be hungry to eat, okay? But I want to encourage you around this concept and this idea, the breaking of bread. Now, most theologians would, would agree, some disagree, but some most would agree that the breaking of bread has to do, the connotation is the common meal. By the way, the scriptures talk about bread a ton. Even when Satan tried to tempt Jesus, he tempted it by trying to turn a stone into bread. When Jesus talked about the good father, he said a good father won't give you like a stone, but a good father will give you bread. All throughout the Bible, you see the the common theme of food, the common theme of bread. I'm just grateful it never said gluten-free. I've never seen a GF in my Bible. I don't care if it's the message translation. Ain't no GF when it comes to God. It's my theology. God made gluten. He loves gluten. He's for gluten. And if you're wondering, what's Zoe's stance on gluten? We're for gluten. So often, the people are like, make a stance on something. I'm making a stance on gluten today. (laughs) They devoted themselves to reading the Bible together and to koinonia, fellowship together, and to the breaking of bread together and to prayer. And I, 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 I can't encourage you enough to apply this scripture to your life, that you get together with other Christians and other believers and you study the Bible together, read the Bible. We need men in our church that read the Bible together. We don't just need men that talk about sports or, or, or current affairs or politics. We need men that would study the Bible. We need women. We need ladies that would love the scriptures. We need, we need families that... The, the, the Bible's not just a, a coffee table book. It's, it's an open book. It's, a, it's how we live. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. We're a praying church. If you're new to Zoe, we believe in the power of prayer. What we did in that service just a few minutes ago, we do this every Sunday. We pray every Sunday. There will not be a Sunday that you come where you're like, oh, they skip prayer. No, because Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We're devoted to prayer. We're devoted to Jesus. All of this is about living in the way. And they, why did they devote themselves? Because they were like, oh my gosh, we get to go to heaven. We've been saved by the blood. We've got the cross now. We've got grace now. Nothing really matters on earth, to be honest. All that matters to us is living for Jesus. We're in love with Jesus. It's about Jesus. We're going to do everything we can to know him. So we're reading because we want to know that guy. We're praying because we want to be close to his heart. We're getting together around tables. Why? Because we want to encourage one another. I want to give you four things to write down today. Write down number one. You have a seat at the table. I don't know if anybody told you this, but we got a seat with your name on it. I don't know if you've ever been to like a wedding or to an event where where it was assigned seating. And, and I, like, I like these kind of functions because I don't like to go to social situations where I'm like, where do you want me to sit? Because like, I'm never trying to be the guy that took that greedy seat. Because you know, Jesus is like, hey, when you go somewhere, don't take the prominent seat because then otherwise you have to take the walk of shame. And they're like, oh, we actually have you with the kids today, Pastor. <laughs> oh, my bad. Yeah, cool. No, no, no. I, I like going somewhere where they're like, this is where we want you to sit. 
We want you to sit around these people. You have a seat at the table of the Lord. God has a name tag just for you. And maybe you feel like I'm not worthy of sitting at the king's table. You don't know where I've gone, gone or you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things I, I, I've experienced in my life. I'm not worthy to sit at the king's table. You do not get a reserved seat based upon worth. You get a reserved seat based upon birth. Because in this kingdom, you belong to God even before you believe in God. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is this story. It's my favorite Bible name, to be honest. And my favorite Bible name in all of the Bible is a guy named Mephibosheth. I want somebody at Zoe to be like, we, we did it, Pastor. We heard that message. We're inspired. We named him Mephibosheth. Would you mind dedicating him? Lord, we pray for Mephibosheth. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I, made, her, I made her laugh. That was a real laugh. She wasn't laughing at me. But David is the king of Israel, and, and the king before him was a guy named Saul. And David one day is just wondering, so he calls in a servant. He says, hey, do you mind stalking Instagram and seeing if there's anybody from Saul's lineage left? See if there's anybody from his family that's, that's still alive. So they go through and they find there's this one family member left, and his name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, just so you know, has special needs. He was dropped when he was born. So he's got ailment. He's got struggle in his life. Not only does he have special needs, but the Bible says he lives in a city called Lodebar. If you translate out that city, it's called the place of no communication. So he's got issues, and he lives where there's cutoff. There's counsel. There's no communication. But David sends word and says, no, I want you to bring Mephibosheth and I want you to bring him to my table and every day he's gonna sit and he's gonna dine with me. Anybody thankful that in the New Testament when you were cut off from your sin, when you had issues of pain, anybody thankful that the king said, no, no, you're not gonna stay there with no communication. You're not gonna stay there in your issues. You might not feel like you're worthy to sit at my table, but by the grace of God, I have beckoned you. I have wounded. I have called you to sit at the table of the Lord. Oh, look here in 2 Samuel 9. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? You might feel like, God, I'm not worthy to sit with other believers. I'm not worthy to experience your presence. I'm not worthy. I've got problems. I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm, I'm, I've, got, I've got all kinds of family lineage of trauma and drama and addiction and pain. I I'm not worthy to sit here. No, no, no. You have been beckoned and invited by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's not by worth. It is by birth. It's the grace of God. You've been seated at the table of the Lord. The Bible calls it a banqueting table. You don't just get to sit and just kind of like, you ever go to like one of those like weddings and it's like, yeah, it's like really beautiful, but like I left so hungry. Like, they didn't feed us. I don't know what that was, but that was not like a meal. And I know they spent a lot of money. But I'm, I got to stop at In-N-Out off Ventura on the way home. 
God didn't invite you to sit at the table of the Lord so you can just sit and observe. You're seated at the table of the Lord so you can break bread and you can dine and you can feast. In fact, would you write down number two today? I love this thought. Receive the bread of life. Another theme of bread in the scriptures is that Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life. He also calls himself the living water. He says anybody that drinks of this water will never be thirsty again. Anyone that consumes and eats this bread. See, I think we've got it twisted. We think that being a Christian is about apostles teaching, prayer. God's like, no, I actually just want you to sit and receive. Before I call you to walk and before I call you to run, I first call you to sit. And you've been seated not with the dogs. You've been seated in heavenly places. You've been seated at the king's table. And God asks you to sit and dine. Feast on joy today. Feast on forgiveness today. Feast on grace today. Feast on the promises of God today. Feast on the wisdom from above. Feast on his love that's everlasting. Feast on who he is in your life. Today we need to consume. Oh, I love Jesus one time. He's like, listen, if anybody wants to follow me, they must drink my blood and eat my flesh. And everybody was like, I think we're out. That is the weird, this is not Halloween, and even if it was Jesus, this is spooky. And he was not meaning this literally. He was meaning this figuratively. That's why when we take communion, we eat the bread in remembrance of his body. We drink the cup in remembrance of his blood. We got to feast on grace today. See, I think so often what we're eating is the wrong stuff. We're consuming shame. We're consuming condemnation. We're consuming doubt. We're consuming anxiety. What if today you feasted on grace? What if today you made it your, your, your position to say, I didn't deserve this, but since I'm seated, I'm going to eat. Ain't nothing worse than sitting at a, a, a big old table with all kinds of food and feeling like, I, I want to eat so bad, but I feel like I'm being watched and I, I just, I can't, I can't really go in while people are watching me. Who cares who's watching you? Who cares what your cousin or your family or your parents think? You have, by the grace of God, allowed to be sit, seated in the banqueting table. Oh, I love this verse in Song of Solomon. Put it on the screen. Put it on the lower third there online. Second Solomon 2, 4. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. You've been seated at the table of the Lord and there's a banner that runs over your home and over your family. I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I want you to enjoy everything that I've provided for you. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 23, you prepare a banqueting table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. See, I think today the reason why you're in church, the reason why God has you at this service is so that you can feast on his promises, feast on his love. Oh, come on, some of us, Monday through Saturday, it's like, man, I've been working, I've been going, I've been sorting the kids, I've been sorting bills, I've been, I've been enjoying everything else but God. But today, I need your, I need to drink in your love. I need to feast on your word. I need to fill up on the diet of who you are in my life. Oh, I love this scripture. Look at this next one, John 6, 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Look at Luke 24 and verse 30. Watch what Jesus does. Now it came to pass 
as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Right before Jesus died, the last thing he was doing with his guys was breaking bread. The first thing he does when he comes back to the group after resurrection is he breaks bread. Jesus was saying, eat, consume, enjoy. Know that I am for you. Know that I am with you. I just love that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the breaking of bread. So the breaking of bread isn't just our spiritual sense of knowing that we're seated at the table of the Lord. It's a practical sense also. It is, it is carried from the table of the Lord and from who I am and my identity in Christ. It, now it plays out and manifests in my everyday life with other believers. And it's not just spiritual theology of who I am in Jesus. It comes to a practical reality of saying, because I want to feast on God, I want to get together with other Christians. I want to get together with other believers. I want to get to other, together with other people that are like-minded, like-spirited, like-hearted, like-promised. And I want to get together and break bread and say, how are you doing in your faith? How are you doing in your faith journey? What's going on in your family? How, what can we pray about? We got to get together. My concern used to be, my concern used to be that church folk wouldn't get outside and make friends with people that don't know God. Now my concern has changed. Now I'm concerned is, do you have people in your world that love God around you? Do you have people you can break bread with and pray with and everybody not being like, whoa, that was kind of weird. Did you, did you feel funny when they asked us to pray? It's not even Sunday. Now I, I'm concerned, are you gonna make it? The Bible says some people's love for God has grown cold. The Bible calls this a straight and a narrow path. And the Bible tells us, let us encourage one another daily while it is still called today. In other words, I need you and you need me. And we need to get together around each other's tables. I don't care if it's in a house, an apartment. It could be on the west side, east side, in the north, the south. It doesn't matter. We got to get around and break bread and encourage one another. Come on, you're doing better than you think you're doing. There's more people for you than against you. God is for you in this season. God is with you in this time. It's not about the bread. It's about the fellowship. It's about the encouragement. It's about breathing life into one another. It's about saying, no, no, I'm going to be for you and I'm going to be with you in this time. If you're going through a hard time this morning, welcome to the club. I don't know anybody that floated in today. I love this learning complex. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, and the breaking of bread. In other words, they just kept getting around each other's tables and in each other's houses. And I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. In this series, some of you have the gift of hospitality, and you need to use it. Because people can walk into your home discouraged, and they're going to walk out with joy. They're going to walk in with anxiety, and they're going to walk out with peace. It's not a service that does that. It's a house that can do that. It's the gift of hospitality. And they broke bread. Why? Because they're like, hey, you, you good? How did today go? How's work going? How's, how's your marriage? How are you guys feeling? Can we get past surface-level conversation and get into the real stuff? Some of us need to take a step of vulnerability and go like, okay, I'm going to ask you something, and it's not going to be about the weather. Um, 
Can I just ask you right now, number three, who's sitting at your table? Who are you sitting with? Because you got to find some folks to get around your table and agree together, hey, we're doing this, right? The Jesus thing, the Jesus way, the Jesus life, we're doing this, right? And let's just keep breaking bread and keep journeying. And as long as God has us in the same city and in the same community, let's break bread and let's love one, each other, one another. Let's serve one another. Let's build up one another. Let, but who's sitting around your table? Because listen, ain't nothing worse than having the right heart with the wrong folks. The Bible speaks in 1 Corinthians 15, Do not be misled, Zoe. Bad company corrupts good character. So you can have good character, good heart, good, good motives, good ideas, good heart for Jesus. Oh, I want to study the scriptures. I want to pray. I want to serve God. But if you hang around the wrong people, that's why the Bible says don't hang around a fool. You'll become a fool. But it says in Proverbs, if you want to become wise, hang around the wise. So let's translate that to this series. If you want to follow Jesus, hang out with some other people that are radical and are on fire and are in love with Jesus. We got to get around the table and say, come on, it's okay to pray here. It's, it's okay to quote a scripture here. It's okay. To, it's okay. Listen, we leave all the politics out the door. Leave all, leave all the culture out the door. Let's just talk about the things of God together. Who's sitting around your table? Because birds of a feather flock together. You are who you hang with. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You are who you hang with. And you know what? I think we ought to just take some time to go, you know what? I need to carve into my life the breaking of bread. Or in L.A., the breaking of burritos. Let's just, come on, amen. breakfast ones. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers the harm that's why proverbs 27 verse 17 as iron sharpens iron so one person can sharpen another it wasn't about the bread was it the bread is just a vehicle to get us into sharpening and encouraging and prompting and loving each other it's not about the taco and it's not about the gluten-free. It's not about the meal. If you, if you want to go Poke Bowls, go Poke Bowls. It's not about the food. It's not about the food. It's about the practice of saying, you're a follower of the way, aren't you? And so am I. And we want to follow him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and our strength. I, I, I read the Bible too. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in love with Jesus too. I, I, I pray too. It's not like an Old Testament Daniel three times a day thing. I, I try and pray throughout my day. And I want to get together with other like-minded, like-spirited, like-hearted people. And I want to break, I want to get meals together and get past surface level talk. Say, how you doing? What can we pray together about? Let's laugh together. You know, the Bible actually teaches us that a merry heart is like medicine. So some of us, we got to get around other people. It's like, wow, wait, you're funny and you don't swear every other word? Crazy. <laughs> we got to get around tables and encourage each other in this journey called faith. Because if you notice yet, the journey is long and it's got ups and downs and twists and turns and it's got mistakes and failures and it's got 
It's got sin patterns and it's got issues and it's got disappointment. And I've got to, I've got to recognize that no matter what I no matter what I behave like, I still have a seat at his table. And because I'm seated at the table of the Lord, practically it makes me want to create a table for others to come and sit around with me. And maybe you're not always going to be the host, but can you always throw your sincerity in? Always throw your faith in? Always throw your love in? It's okay to love Jesus today. And it's okay to be radical and extreme about your faith. Sometimes we got to be honest and go, maybe my love is growing cold because of who's around my table. That's not our time to be like, hey, you guys suck. You guys got to go. I figured out all my problems. It's you guys. Wow. I was wondering what was holding me down. It's you guys. Wouldn't that be easy? Wouldn't that be fun? You guys are the problem. If you don't like who's around your table, you just say you don't like yourself. You gotta understand, you gotta change. You gotta grow. You gotta develop. You gotta make some adjustments. You gotta get stronger. You gotta get conviction. You gotta develop a backbone. You gotta ask, you gotta be humble. Who's sitting around your table? And write down number four today. The last one is find some friends, break some bread. You know, I've heard it said, and it's an old quote, but you know, find some friends, go change the world. And, and, and I, don't, I don't want to teach you that today. I don't want, I don't want even you to believe that today. Maybe that will happen, but I'm not, it, it, just a heads up, I'm not looking to change the world. I'm looking to change me. And I think if I change me, the world could potentially be changed. But why don't we find some friends and break some bread? Why don't we find some friends that are like, hey, let's get together in each other's homes. And hey, how about we do, a, let's do a taco night on, well, let's just say Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Wednesday, let's just, let's get together at your house. And then Thursday, we're going to go to their house. What's fun about faith is continuing to share. Sharing meals, sharing faith, sharing wins, sharing losses. You are not meant to journey in faith alone. You are meant to journey with a group, with a community. Some of us, our biggest struggle is we're like, I don't have friends. If you don't have friends today, can I just encourage you to pray and ask God for a friend? Because God will send you a friend. I'll never forget when I first started to follow the way, like follow Jesus. Knew about Jesus, learned about Jesus, uh, knew all the songs, knew all the scriptures. But when I became a follower, I said a prayer, Lord, I need one friend. And I'll never forget God sent me one friend. I should have asked for like five, but he sent me one. Crazy. You be careful what you pray for. I was like, Lord, I can make it if you give me a friend. And God gave me a friend. And that friendship saved my life. That friendship led me out of all the garbage and all the rubble and all the struggle and all the pain and brought me out Help me walk. And yeah, gotta be honest, we, we studied the Bible together. And we, we, we prayed a lot together. But what I remember the most, if I can be honest, in my core memories, was a ton of meals. His parents had this huge freezer, like life goals, a freezer in the garage <laughs> where the ice spilleth over. And the frostbite is tremendous. And they had these single pizzas. We used to go to their house. We'd all make our own pizza. And 
we're just like trying to figure out faith and trying to figure out following Jesus and trying to figure out theology and but without the food aspect I don't know if I would have thought yeah I'm in God never disconnects your social life from your spiritual life in fact oftentimes to keep your spiritual life fun he brings in your social life and your social life is the cherry on top of faith because if we're going to serve God I just think we should have fun doing it the fun of life is friendship the fun of life is relationship have you noticed yet that everything that God is doing in your life flows through relationship it's this gift relationship with him relationship with others and I'm believing over your life it's bigger than a connect group we can we can try and facilitate that but it's not about connects it's about you saying you know what even above my connect group I want to get together with other people that are following the ways of Jesus and I want to know the Bible I want to pray but I can't wait to break bread can I bring something I make this killer casserole I've got this meatloaf recipe that's to die for. Do you mind if I stop by Dairy Queen? There's one in L.A. It's in the valley. Somebody give me an amen. In other words, the fun part about faith is food. Break bread and build your future. Keep breaking bread and build your future. You know, be like, man, I came to church and you don't want to know what the message was about? Food. Because right here it's saying food could impact your faith. And I believe that as we apply this verse, it's not just about, oh, I want our church to soap. I want you to read the Bible. I want you to know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I want you to read the Old Testament, the New Testament. I want you to memorize verses. Oh, man, do I want our church to read the Bible? If you missed last week, we talked about it, the B-I-B-L-E. Oh, do I want our church to pray? I just wrote a whole book about prayer. I want everybody in here to pray. But I don't want you to be a Bible-reading, praying church that does not eat together. We got to get together in houses. We got to get together in restaurants. We got to encourage each other around the table. We got to keep loving each other, laughing with each other, believing in each other. And I think God will do great things in us. And I know we can build a great future through us. Come on, stand to your feet. Jesus, we love you today. And we thank you that you are greater than...